Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, we're ready for another spiritual tune-up. Happy Monday. Going to be the best week of your entire life so far. All right, here's a question I got that made me think of other questions I often get. Um, Mike, what do you think of the old, uh, you know, paraphrase slogan, life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. I think it's awful. I think it's a terrible lie. I think it totally throws your power out the window. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. It's just like those other ones. Opportunity only knocks once. Oh man, what happens if you missed it? You've lost out for your entire life. You'll never get it as good again. Or how about this one? Uh, the early bird gets the worm. All the other birds just starve to death, right? It's like your power goes out the window. Or how about this one? God decides who gets what and when. God has tests that he puts us all through. All of these old cliches throw your power out the window. And while there is some shred of truth to them, uh, born of wisdom... Their underlying premise is totally BS, and these words should not be uttered. So let's go to the baseline. The baseline is we are divine beings of light. We are God particles here because we chose to be here. You are who God most wanted to be, and you create every single day on the fly with your chosen focus, your thoughts, your words, your beliefs, your expectations. That's it. That's how today will unfold. That's how the rest of your life will unfold. 10%? That means 90% is not how you create it, but you better roll with it or it's going to be bad. You create 100% of your life. But most of our manifestations at this stage of the evolution of consciousness on planet Earth are unintentional. So we're like, oh my God, I created this and it's not that good. And I created that setback and this disappointment. It's much easier to say that God did it. It's much easier to say that stuff just happens. It's all in how you roll with it. But if you want full power, you need to take full responsibility. And that doesn't mean that you're always going to know exactly how or why you manifested something. But that still means you can realize you did have a role in it that will one day make sense. And that's enough. You don't have to explain every stub toe or violation or bad piece of news 
um, to otherwise know that you create your reality 100% of the time and that everything is playing wildly in your favor, 100% of the time. Now, does it help to choose to take things wisely? You know, when they say it's 90% how you take it. Well, I, I think 100% uh, of how you take it is also relevant. These are not mutually exclusive. You're 100% creator. And every moment of every day, you should have 100% perspective on this, that it's playing to your greater good. That life is happening for you, not happening to you. That everything is adding up for your greater growth and glory. So let that be your modus operandi. I don't know how I manifested that traffic accident, but hell yes, it's going to play to my greater good. And I am in the driver's seat and I'm getting better at this and I'm going to have this upward spiral. The early bird gets the worm. There's enough worms for all the birds. There's enough worms for all of us. We live in an illusionary world. Opportunity only knocks once. Are you kidding? It never stops knocking. We're God particles. We're here to thrive. We're pushed on to greatness every day with positive thoughts 10,000 times more powerful than negative thoughts. Opportunity never stops knocking. It's never too late. You're never too old. Go, 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 go. God decides who gets what, when, and where. God decided to be you and still chooses to be you. Why? To see what happens. To feel what only your heart can feel. To see what only your eyes can see. Don't let these old cliches rob you of your power. Tests, I talked about tests, tests from God in an earlier spiritual tune-up. Check those out. There's about 80 of them now. There are no tests. There's lessons that we want to learn, but there are no tests that are imposed upon us. You are good to go. Collect $200 straight to go. Um, do not hold back. Do not wonder and worry. Do not dilute your power with old cliches. Opportunity never stops knocking. You're 100% creator. You're inclined to succeed. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here for a spiritual tune-up. Happy Tuesday, the world over. Um, I had a special guest in here just a moment ago. She may reappear. My daughter wanted to just sit in the background and watch what's going on. Then at the last second, she left and she may reappear. I tell all of this to you because she may reappear and because I asked her today what I should talk about given that she was planning on being in the room. And she said, the power of nature. And something came to mind right away. Do you know what the five elements of nature are? The five. Now, Different groups throughout the millennia have had different numbers. Usually it's four or five. Some people say six or seven. But they've always missed the most critical one. And this was brought to my attention not too long ago when I was watching Frozen 2, the Disney movie, where they introduced the fifth element. And it was just like... I, I did a spiritual tune-up on Moana not that long ago. Don't miss it. This one's not so much about Frozen as Moana's was about Moana. But, um, but this revelation from an awesome movie, Frozen 2 and Frozen 1, still reverberates in my soul. It's so good. So here you go. Here are the elements of nature. Everybody agrees with the first four. Fire. 
air or wind, sea or water, earth. What's the fifth element? You are. Humanity. God dancing in the camouflage of the illusions. That's you and I. Oh my God. How could this not be part of the original list of nature's elements from the year dot? I'll explain in just a minute. But I did some quick Googling and research this morning. Even in dynasties and civilizations that long preceded uh, the, the development of the Western world. So we're going back to Asia, to China, to Buddhism, to yoga, where there's lots of jewels and treasure. Even they specifically speak on the elements of nature and they omitted us. This is diabolical. This is, this is heretical. Uh, this is blasphemy. This is insanity. We came first. Literally, not kind of, not sort of. We didn't evolve uh, from amoebas. We are the spark of the divine that gives reason for the sun to rise every single day. Everything in the, in the realm of time, space, and matter is beholden to us because we are pure God. God preceded the illusions of time, space, and matter. You preceded, some form or fashion of you preceded the elements of time, space, matter, etc. And they all bow to you. Hence, the old adage, mind over matter. Um, hence, the power of creative visualization. Hence, the power of positive thinking. We are literally matter manipulators. We are streaming manifestors 24-7. And when we get to that ultimate place of enlightenment, we have but to think and literally mountains will be moved. Literally, seas will be parted. This was not these were not metaphorical miracles. This was done by a prophet who told us we will do these kind of things and greater. But we've got to stop eating of the forbidden fruit and realize our place in the cosmos. And that is co-creators of it all. Do you see the omission here? It's like mind boggling. You are why the sun rose today. Literally, not kind of, not sort of. You came first. You are the prime mover of all the elements. You are a force of nature unimaginable. You can choose abundance in the midst of poverty and manifest wealth. You can choose to focus on health in the midst of sickness and manifest a robust body. There's nothing you can't have in your life. So please, when anybody ever has this conversation again about the elements of nature, they are all beholden to us collectively. And when it comes to your rocking life and your happiness, they are entirely beholden to you. Visualize. Let's do it together right now. Hands up, a little qigong. Feel the energy. Feel this energy. Come on, nobody's watching. If they are, let them talk. You feel that energy? Okay, steady your hands. I want you to understand that you are the reason the sun rises every day. That you're here for a reason. That reason is to thrive. That reason is to live a life in joy. That reason is to gravitate towards more and more truth. The truth will set you up. And not only that, the truth will 
will put you in the place of receivership for all that your heart desires. The universe wants for you what you most want for yourself. You've got a team. You've got angels. You've got the elements of time and space yearning to do your bidding. If you but hold a picture in your mind and don't worry that the elements presently may contradict that. You hold on to the vision in your mind. Be born again to the truth. Be born again to the vision that you're imagining for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Everything is here for you. You're inclined to succeed. You're going to do it. You're going to prevail. You're going to thrive. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here for another spiritual tune-up. I think we're approaching, we are approaching 100 or very near there. Yesterday was a very popular topic. Uh, it was, what are the five elements of nature? And it was wind, air, sea, earth, and the most overlooked one of all, you, humanity. We are the true forces of nature. We are God come alive in the dream of life. And yet even old Buddhist and yogic, is that a word? Uh, and ancient cultures omitted as an element of life, a force of nature, humanity. And humanity really is um, divinity. Divinity yearned, divine intelligence wanted to create this bastion of order and perfection where it could lose herself to find herself falling in love, being loved, having desires, believing in the lies of have and have not here and there now and then to have this most amazing adventure. Well, that was the topic yesterday. A lot of great feedback. A lot of movies were recommended. Thanks for all of the engagement. Um, but a recurring question came up and that was, Mike, what about the animals? Oh my God, the animals. I am a big animal fan. I think, I think we all are. Um, it's easy to find therapy in just watching animals, birds, fish, wildebeest, whatever you have the opportunity to gaze upon. Nature, plants, trees, insects, dragonflies, butterflies. What about all of them? Um, and many pointed out, that the animals came before us. So let me parse this, if you will. This is kind of part two of yesterday's, unexpectedly. Um, first of all, the notion of which came first doesn't really apply in understanding the nature of reality. As you, as you know, time, space, and matter are purely illusionary that make possible the fun and games of discovering your creator. Okay, so to say something came first, it's like, no, wait a minute. It was all in the mind of God at the same time. And then after God assembled it, like somebody in Hollywood might assemble a movie that was shot the beginning first and then the end and then the summertime and then the winter. Then they put it all together so that somebody watching it from a recliner chair in a cinema will be forced to witness it unfolding on a timeline. It's like, oh my God, who would have thought this? Oh my God, who would have thought that? Well, the producer thought of it long ago. Um, we experience it on a timeline, but that's not where it was assembled. And the same is true of these sacred, hallowed jungles of time and space. They were not um, thought of sequentially. Oh, I'll put a planet and then gravity. Oh, everybody's floating. You know, we need a moon and the tides are rising and the sun is too cold and... Oh, now let's put a person, let's put two. 
It all happened in a divine now. And so let's go from there to understand the ordering, if you will, of animals, insects, and plants, which I neglected um, by design yesterday. Uh, just trying to, to put a handle on the elements of life. Um, so if you will, divine intelligence is wondering how to be more amazing. And that pathway was by forgetting in, in certain adventures that you are divine intelligence, as I outlined. And to do that, you need to have a realm, a theater, the physical universe, planets, gravity, symbiotic relationships. And you need to insert yourself in that theater, humanity. And from that perspective, humanity is carrying the baton of divine intelligence. Plants don't think thoughts. Animals certainly have feelings, but they don't think thoughts in the way that human beings do. They are not creators in the same way that human beings are. And now I'm sure there are other species, known and unknown, that rival us, like dolphins, like octopus, uh, like aliens. But we, for now, let's just say human beings, are that particle, that part of God that has the ability to self-reference, to hold images in one's mind that are seemingly detached from immediate surroundings, to transform their surroundings, to go from lack to abundance, from loneliness to love. Um, humans have that ability. None of the other creatures do, which does not diminish them and that does not put them in second place. Everything is holy. Everything is purely of divine intelligence. Every cell and molecule in the physical universe, every atom and mote of dust is pure, radiant God. And none is better than the other. None is more important than the other. So when God held this vision in divine mind of an end result, a theater that was spectacular, that was enthralling, that would seem to be self-perpetuating, seem to be self-perpetuating, with physical laws and all of that, immediately, simultaneously, prior to time existing, God wanted some of that, wanted to be inside of that. And the whole idea of God come alive in the dream was part and parcel of the first day of time. Although man or woman may not have been there on the first day on a timeline, the stage was set simultaneously. God has an entourage, fur babies, insects, butterflies, other elements to create these symbiotic relationships, the plants, blades of grass, millions of varieties of all of the above, creating this lush, verdant heaven floating through the cosmos that seems so real. It is not self-sustaining. It is sustained by divine intelligence. It is sustained by an end result. It is sustained by the vision of the Almighty, which is what we are part of. We are no less than the Almighty. We are pure Almighty, experiencing the Almighty in various shades of green and blue and oceans and air and fire. The supreme element, the ultimate force of nature is God, which is what you and I are, which is what everything is, except we as human beings have this ability to self-reference and to change images in our mind based on wanting to change the adventure. And we have total license to do that. We are absolute streaming manifestors of the Most High. 
um, mini-me's of divine intelligence. So that's where animals fit in, not less than humans. Uh, same thing with insects and plants, not less than humans. It's all God. We're all part of the entourage. We're all God looking at the other elements of God. Like, oh, wow, you're an interesting part of me. You're an interesting piece of God. This is an amazing thing. Wow, God is so smart. Check that out. Wow, God is so beautiful. That's where the animals fit in. And anyway, just talk about the five or the four or the 25 elements or forces of nature really just gives us a handle to kind of notice the wonder. So I didn't mean to exclude or forget or overlook uh, and there are lot, much longer lists of the elements in nature. And depending on the conversation, they're, they're integral to the conversation. I just wanted to bring up yesterday the pivotal role humanity has as a force of nature, as God come alive. And this means you can get your groove on. Your thoughts become things. You can change your life. You can change what displeases you. You can move towards greater abundance, clarity, health, friends, self-realization. It's all here for all of us. Today's question is profound and I'm deeply appreciative of it. Um, how do we ask the right question for what we really want? The question is, how do we ask the right question of our higher selves, of God, of the universe, for what we really want. I had to think about this uh, and uh, as expect, as I've come to expect, the answer is not what I expected at first. Um, the answer that I have for you is to generally refrain from asking questions of the divine. Questions, think of it, questions are usually very stark. They're either or they're yes or no and sometimes you're in a position where you really have to say is this decision i'm about to make in my highest interest okay there's a lot of wiggle room when navigating these sacred jungles of time and space but more often than not we're giving the universe very very limited options when we ask a question more often than not we put ourselves on the sidelines, powerless, waiting for an answer. More often than not, a question will oversimplify the equation. Now, I got a solution. I've got a solution. Instead of asking yes or no questions that put you on hold, that oversimplify, lean into it. Don't wait for the answer. Continue living your life on all fronts. Maybe you're going to take a little time off on career today. Or maybe you'll take some time off on financial abundance today. Maybe you're going to have more fun and play today. But you're going to be in motion. And then as you have the opportunity, day after day, week after week, to move in different possible directions. Should I go left or should I go right? Hey, play with left a little. Don't close the door on right. Play with right a little. See how they feel. It is our feelings that should give us an indicator of where we're going, not questions to the universe. And our feelings are best stoked when we're in motion and we're not waiting. So lean into it. Take action. Try it out here. Try it out there. Every now and then, it's okay to ask questions. No problem. 
life is so varied and there are various circumstances in which we have deadlines. We face deadlines. Pick this house, that house. Pick that bus, that bus. Marry her or marry him. You know, but overall, refrain, mean, meaning do not ask too many questions. Live your life. Feel the answers. Get the clarity you want that way. And when the time arises that you must ask a question, do so with walking feet and consider this. Um, try to avoid yes or no questions. You know, instead of, you know, is this in my highest good, yes or no? Um, um, will I have a lot of fun if I go to California? Will I be more fulfilled if I move to Paris? Will I, you know, try to give more texture to the equation so that you have more clarity with the answer you're getting, okay? And then... Let your questions, on the rare occasions when you have to ask them, let them be motivated by joy. Your joy or someone else's joy who you care greatly about. Don't be worrying about, what should I do? What, there are no shoulds. You know, what do I want to do? Where is this going to, where am I going to have the most fun? Where will there be the most love? Where will there be the most growth and glory for my highest and greatest good? Jumbo fellow adventures, happy Friday. So today's question is on the heels of yesterday's question. Yesterday's question was, how do we ask the right question for what we really want? That's a great question. And I answered it. Then the question arose, maybe even simpler, but equally vexing, equally torturous. What should I do? What should I do about my life? Which way should I turn, left or right? What should I do? So, first, similar to yesterday, let's not oversimplify the equation. Okay, first piece of advice. It's like, it's as if the question is asked and it is going to be an answer that will reveal the yellow brick road to happily ever after. It's like, come on, come on. If you're asking the question to begin with, it means you don't have anything to do or you don't like what you're doing. And so the equation is already a little bit tricky. As a note from the universe has recently said, um, it doesn't matter what road you start out on. It's not going to be the road you arrive on. There's going to be detours and new best friends and bright ideas and a re-navigation and things you can't even think of. So what's most important is that you go, 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 and then clarity will come. So don't oversimplify and don't make it like all or nothing. And don't be waiting for the yellow brick road because it doesn't come to your front door. You have to go out on the sucky dirt path that as you focus on maximizing every single day on this sucky path that you have chosen, as you focus on that, you're distracted from wondering and worrying, did I get it right? Did I choose wisely? Is this who I really am? And suddenly your life starts taking off, but you don't even notice because you're in the moment, enjoying the moment, making the most of it, being there with your heart, mind, and spirit. And then one day you wake up and you realize you're on the yellow brick road 
towards happily ever after because you got busy to the best of your ability doing what you could with what you had from where you were. Uh, another aspect of this question to help you have more clarity, what should I do? We tend to think that that's a question about action. That's a two-part question and it is terribly tarnished when you preface the action part of it with should as if there were shoulds in this garden of Eden that's filled with infinite possibilities where you get to decide what you want to do next. There's no shoulds. Okay, now I know I'm splitting hairs here and you want to make the, the right decision for your overall happiness. But to get there, stop asking about shoulds. Even though your intention is golden, what do I want to do? What do I most want to do? Don't think that that's going to lead to recklessness and behavior and a view of short-term gains only. You're not that shallow. Come on. When you ask the question, what do I want to do? Clearly, it's for your good. And clearly, you are concerned about both short-term and long-term happiness. So you've got it covered. You don't have to be like, that's too trite, that's too shallow, I can't just be happy. Oh yes, you can. You can be happy 24-7. And that day will come quicker when you realize it's not so much what you're doing, but how you make the most of every moment. And that does not mean settling for less. That does not mean learn to enjoy what's before you. Hell no, it might suck. But you can still make the most of it and be grateful for the gift of life, knowing that by showing up, the scenery will change and sooner rather than later, the yellow brick road will be beneath your very feet. One more point to help to give you some fodder for deep thought this weekend. If you're wondering, what should I do or what do I want to do with my life now? You are in one of two camps. Either you have nothing to do right now, and so you're asking this question uh, feeling desperate, or you have something to do asking this question because the something you're doing is not that great. So let's, let's look at each one. So in one scenario, you got nothing to do, and you're asking what should I do or what do I want to do? I'd do anything if I were you, because anything is better than nothing. And suddenly it's not this big momentous equation that's putting you on the sidelines until you find the yellow brick road. Just get the heck out the house and go do something. And it will lead to better and bigger and faster and funner and happier and more loving. Just get going. So, boy, if you're in one of two camps, it just got really easy. You're not doing anything. Don't know what to do. Go do anything, because that will take you higher and into clarity. Now, if you're in the other camp, it's equally easy. You got something to do. You're not sure it's really you. You're not sure if you're being all that you can be. So while you've got something to do, you're wondering, what should I do? What else should I do? Should I do something else? And guess what suffers? The thing you're now doing. So if you have something to do, but you don't know what else to do, and you feel like there's better out there for you, okay, if only if those criteria are met, then I would highly recommend keep doing what you're doing, but do it better. Be there. Show up early. Stay late. Just take the dive. Surrender. Be vulnerable. Go all out. 
not not work overtime, but in the hours that you allocate to this thing, be fully present. Life will raise you. People will check you out. Everyone's going to be like, I want some of that on my team. Everybody knows the person who hates their job. They think nobody knows. Everybody knows who that person is and nobody wants to get near them with a 10 foot pole. Even the UPS driver who only shows up once every three weeks knows who that person is in the office who hates their job, doesn't want to go near them. They just have this bad vibe, right? They don't think they have a bad vibe. It's a bad job, but no, everybody knows. Everybody knows who that person is who is making the most of every moment and everybody wants you on their team. Life will raise you, promote you, give you a lateral move, a new direction, a brand new idea if you're there fully present, which doesn't mean you can't also be aware of options and also be knocking on doors and asking some new questions. Hey, can you help me? Hey, what do you think of this? Look for a sounding board. But more than you've been doing it so far, Maybe master what's in front of you as you gently and gingerly consider other options for a lateral or vertical move. Lots of thoughts for a fry, yay. Life is beautiful. You get to live it in the Garden of Eden, in the heart of God, where you are pushed on to greatness every single day. You're going to figure it out. It's going to get easy. You are loved and adored. Your thoughts become things. It couldn't be better than it already is. It just doesn't get better than living in a world where your thoughts become things, where you're an eternal being, where opportunity never stops knocking and there's enough worms for all the birds. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free notes from the universe emails. Tally ho!